Welcome back to Stimuli. Hey guys, going to jump straight back into our interview with Coach Ryan May. I hope you enjoy and see you on the other side. You suggested we could talk about ADHD and debt. Um, yeah. I think it's a really good topic idea. Talk to me about where, 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 where's that come from for you? Those of us that are wired with ADHD have a lot of things that we struggle with. But I, I mentioned when we spoke earlier, I was talking about how as I meet all these people from around the world with ADHD, there tends to be these common themes that I notice. And one of them is finances. Mm -hmm. And if, you, if we think about it, it's not that surprising because we are, we're wired for immediate gratification. So because of that, we tend to make impulse purchases. That's like a standard thing. Yep. Maybe we have the buyer's remorse later. Maybe we don't, but we tend like already people do not do a great job saving for the future. Um, in fact, I know the stat, at least in America, is that nearly 80% of Americans, although, you know, our economy is, is doing well, yeah. almost 80% of Americans are paycheck to paycheck, meaning if they lost wow. their job tomorrow, They'd be in a really tough spot. Um, and I was the same way. I mean, I remember right after college, I mean, I mentioned before about how here's your student loan debt. You know, mine was a very average amount, I would say, which is about $40,000 US. That's, um, but it's like, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And for someone who my first job out of school was like a base salary of $25,000. So it's like, hmm. How does this math work out, um, especially because they just make it so easy to make the minimum payment mm -hmm. and, you know, you can put it into forbearance and kind of pause it for a little bit and you think like, oh, wow, I'm totally gaming the system. But really, it's not the case. Um, but as I talk with people, they struggle with the same thing where they just don't know where the money goes, basically. And I know with my story, I had a, a very rude awakening as far as that goes, because in addition to my debt and not making a ton of money, I mean, you still have to live. So, you know, yeah. I'd go out, to, you know, get food and then I would want to occasionally like go to a concert or uh, go out with friends. That yeah, money. exactly. <laughs> right. And like it costs money to do things or, you know, you get a flat tire and you have to replace or do something with your car or life whatever. Life happens and it costs yeah, money. Yeah, life happens. So, you breathe and you have to pay. <laughs> so here's what would happen is our our brain, as Dr. Ned Hollowell says so well, that like for ADHDers, it's either now or not now. And so for us, a lot of times we're just looking at, well, like, yeah, I'll pay off my bills, but that's like not due till later. And so yeah. I never would check my balance, like how much I have in my account. And I thought to myself, well, what's really nice about the bank that I have is they have overdraft protection. So mm -hmm. like if I were to dip below zero, like they don't ding me. They basically loan me the money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty much like worse than having a credit card because they, that's how banks and credit cards make their money is when people don't pay the money back on yeah, time. Yeah, the interest. So here's how, here's how my financial management worked, Harriet. It was I would just live life 
And every time that I swiped in this, I didn't really use credit cards. So I used a debit card that was attached to my bank account. Yeah. But basically anytime I swiped, I call it swipe and pray uh-huh. where I would just hope that like I had enough in my account. And then the only way that I would stop was when there was a, like a consequence or that the, that, that the, that the consequence became real. And the only way I knew that is when I would start seeing envelopes in our, in our mailbox from the bank saying like, you've now started to overdraft. Yeah. And that was literally month in and month out how I did it. So then I'm already not making a lot of money, but the first part of every paycheck would go to fill in the hole that I made the the month before. So I'm no math major, but like that's not going to work actually in the (laughs) long term. So either, you know, I win the lottery or get a huge pay increase and like none of those things were very likely. Yeah. So what happened? I met a girl who happens to be my wife now and she changed my life in so many ways, so many positive ways, but one of them was financial management. Yeah. So growing up like i was in a a middle class family my parents did an awesome job of raising us and you know there was never any concerns you know we always had food on the table yeah we had all the things that you would want growing up but we just never talked about money or saving or anything it was just like you know it is what it is and i just kind of you just kind of assume like debt is a thing like you know you have a car payment yeah and that's just a fact of life I never thought or knew that like there could be a different way. And so I just, I legitimately thought like, okay, well, I guess this is just what it's like to be an adult. Like you're just struggling and grinding like month in and month Flying out. Flying by the and, seats of your pants. Yeah. And like just hoping something really bad doesn't happen financially. Like terrible way to live. But I didn't yeah. know any different. So then my wife, Andrea, introduced me to, I don't know if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey. No, so Dave, Dave Ramsey is a guy in the States. He's a financial guru, has been on the radio for over, over 30 years. But he has a, a course that he calls Financial Peace University. And basically, it's a, it's a program to help people get out of debt. Now, I'm not associated with Dave Ramsey or get any you know money or anything for or affiliate or anything like that. But that's the program that we went through. And I can say that like some of my statements sound dramatic, but it totally turned me around. Yeah. Financially. So again, you know, going paycheck to paycheck, $25,000 a year, $40,000 in debt, um, making minimum payments on everything. Um, from that to about four or five years later after implementing the plan, um, I can say now, now it's like 10 years later, but I was finally able to say the words I never thought I would say, which is I am debt free. Congratulations. Thank you. Big, and big it's news. still it still is honestly strange to hear those words come out of my mouth because, like, like I said, I just thought that was going to be my life. Yeah. Um, but I guess I do have just kind of some of the things I learned that I would love to tell some of the listeners. Yeah, I was, was going to suggest that we give some, like, tips and tricks that yeah. both of us... Because, like, good job, Ryan. I'm glad you're debt-free. <laughs> yeah. Like, why what, do I what care? What about us? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, off the top of my head, I think a great one is subscriptions you know we're we're mm-hmm. bombarded by subscriptions SaaS SaaS companies and mm-hmm. we tend to forget about them um do you give Mark- any tips yeah, well, yeah. for that yeah just marketing is there 
to make you feel like you need something. Obviously, that's their job. Yeah. These companies spend millions, billions of dollars to convince us that our life will be way better once we have their product, whether it's their clothing brand or their technology or their service or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what I tell my clients is to first make an assessment of like, what are what is the need? What are the needs list and what are the wants list? Yeah. Yeah. And that is a really clear, it's a much clearer line than you'd think because it's like, well, what do I need? Okay. Like I need food. I need a house. I need a car. You know, like we, you know, essentially need education and whatever medical bills and whatnot. But then the wants, like there's actually a lot of flexibility there. So like you the line's want blurred often between would, right. And, and that's, and that's the struggle is like, yeah. oh, well, I need to have that subscription to that music platform. Well, really, do you need it though? Or do you just want it? Uh, so, I would argue I need it. <laughs> we can talk about that in another session. <laughs> but no, so that's, and that's the struggle is like there yeah. is an emotional connection that underlies a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, so we talk about that. And then one of Dave Ramsey's principles that, that I, um, am tuned in with that I totally am on board for is um, he calls it the debt snowball. Well, let me back it up. His very first step is getting money into an emergency fund. Yeah. So if like, is it a phrase in the UK of like a rainy day fund? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that term. Okay. So basically like, you know, for when something goes bad, just have money for it because like, let's Life say, happens. exactly. Yeah. Let's say that's, you know, a, a an appliance in your home breaks down right now. We have a refrigerator that's sort of on hospice in our basement. Like it is pretty close to breaking down, but fortunately we have money set aside for emergencies or if you need to replace something on your car or even buy a new car. We had to do that uh, earlier this year. We now have money set aside. Whereas before I would have had to maybe go to family members and ask for money or go to the bank or put it on a credit card. But this just alleviates so much stress because yeah. we can just say like, that's okay. That's why we have the emergency fund. Um, and then you refill that. So you first get a thousand dollars or whatever. What would the equivalent to a thousand dollars in pounds be? Ask Dr. Google. No All right. You look that up. Second thing is uh, what's known as the debt snowball. About 750 pounds. Okay, 750 pounds. So the 750 pound emergency fund. Or, and then from there, um, debt snowball, which is you line up all of your debts. So whether that's credit card, car, medical, whatever, you line them all up, um, smallest to largest. Now, this is where Dave comes under some scrutiny because other financial experts would say you want to pay off the highest interest loan first. first. Yeah. His is like, yes, mathematically that is correct, but emotionally it feels just so good to just give the knockout punch to one of those debts. The big ones. So you pay off the smallest guy first and then you take the smallest. So like whatever the payment was every month towards that, mm -hmm. you now take that and add it onto your payment towards the next one. Because yeah. what happens with most people is like, oh man, that's 200 200 pounds or whatever that I now don't, I can do whatever I want with that. No, that's, that's where we have to say no to our impulses and put that now towards the next. I, I see where the snowball is coming from. You so got it. it. Builds and builds and builds. So then you knock out the second one and now 
you're putting three payments worth towards that third one. So it just starts going really quickly and you build that momentum, which in our brains is so important here, like having that momentum going. Um, so that's, those are like two tips, but then I guess one that's an everyday kind of thing is when, when we get that, that desire, like, and you know, Amazon and other companies now with our smartphones, everything it's known as friction. There's not very much friction. It's very easy to spend. It's so easy. And get something delivered the next day. Exactly. So my tip to my clients, and I'll say it to your listeners too, is again, the whole need versus want. Mm-hmm. If you like, okay, you really want this. Like for me, my guilty pleasure is like books. I really mm-hmm. like books. So like I get a book and I, I put it in the shopping cart electronically and then I give it 24 hours to just yeah. sit there. And then, cause usually 24 hours later, I'm like, oh wait, I totally forgot about that book. And then it's like, do I really need it? Am I actually gonna read it? Mm, maybe, maybe not. So I'll try to maybe make it an incentive to get it or something. But the point is just like checking that impulse and instead of just going bump, bump, bump and like clicking purchase, just give it 24 hours. Yeah, I, th- I was gonna kind of, going to suggest two tips well, but very related to that is what I've started doing and I'm definitely not perfect at it is um, essentially like just pausing and taking a breath before you purchase mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be 24 hours but one question I, I try and ask myself is like why and what like mm-hmm. why am I buying this what am I going to use it for I love that um, and like I said I, I preaching I'm not practicing why I preach perfectly that's another piece um, but it's, it's, it has helped me with my impulse spending, which has definitely been a problem for me in the past and probably a bit now still. Um, and, as, and, and it's okay that it's a struggle too. Cause mm-hmm. like it's, you'll never hear me say that any of this is easy. No. It's simple. It's not easy. Yeah. Very different, very different things. And, and, and I guess um, the biggest piece of advice I would say is, and again, <laughs> this is not an easy thing for me either, but um, doing a regular budget yes, and having like, so for example, I am married for those of you who are not, or don't have someone that you share a bank account with, um, get an accountability partner, yeah. someone who you don't mind talking about your finances with, who cares about you, um, that you can sit down with to really hold you accountable. I think that's a really good idea. Because for me, I will not do it. Like, in fact, we're now into November, 2021. We still need to like close the books on October and my wife has to keep pestering me. So even though like I'm all about doing this, I don't like doing it still, even though I've seen the benefits. So anyway, it's just a matter of looking at, again, the most simplest, the simplest way to think about it. How much are we bringing in on income? How much are we spending? And if we're spending more than we make, that's just not going to work out. Something needs to change. Yeah. So that's yeah. the basic thing. Which I mean, here in the UK, so basic, we, but. we definitely have a different attitude towards money. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know, it's a private thing. It's behind closed doors, um, like like other things. And one one thing that I've I've recommended to people with ADHD I've spoken to and just friends is this great app called Emma. Um, mm. Have you heard of Emma? Right. No. So it's a it's an app and it, it links to your bank account. And what it does is every morning it gives you an update on how much money is in your bank account. Love if you that. if you have any subscriptions coming, it will tell you like you're going to pay Duolingo tomorrow at seven, you know, for seven pounds, and that's really great because 
with finances and a lot of other things, people with ADHD tend to dissociate. Yep. So like you were talking about, oh, I just wasn't looking at my bank account. That's really easy to do to just kind of block it out. Yep. And this, you know, it's a notification on your phone. You get it every morning. You can see, oh, I've got X amount. And, and with a budget each month, it works really well for me. So oh my gosh, Emma comes highly recommended. Yeah. The other one I've heard of is Mint. Mint. So I don't know if that. Yeah. yeah very it, similar. Yeah. So sim- Yeah. But get something that can put it in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Another ADHD debt problem is, and it's quite funny, it happened to me the other day, is I went to my favorite supermarket by myself. And I, and I, I went in with my list on my phone. I needed to get eggs, milk, and broccoli. And those are the only three things I needed. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, and I, I was also in a rush. I had like a meeting and I need like five minutes in this big supermarket and out. And I don't know what it is about big supermarkets. I love food. Yeah. Um, and this was one of my favorite ones. It's got all of like the nice produce and, and uh-huh. so many aisles and aisles of like eye candy. And oh man, I I walked out with a, you know, over 30 pounds worth oh. of stuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, two baskets full. Um, and, and Yeah. I, I'm sure that's a story that lots of people will resonate with. I I know that's something I can relate to. My <laughs> wife just sent me to the store to pick up apples the other day, and I came home with a lot more than apples. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would say you were already on the right track of having a list. It's a good um, start. And, and a, a timeline. So I think <laughs> that, because this is, this is just occurring to me right now, but if I would have set a timer, that yeah. could be an idea of like, all right, to get this many things, it should only take me maybe 15 minutes, Max. ready, set, go. And then maybe I would have been better about it because I definitely took my time to but like... It, like I enjoyed it. it. It's not a chore to me. I get like inspired. I see food. I'm like, oh, I'm going to cook this meal, that meal. This looks great. That looks great. Um, <laughs> and the funniest thing is, Ryan, that, that was um, earlier in the week. I didn't even use the bloody broccoli and it's mm-hmm. gone off. And so yep. that that's like a double double hit of ADHD debt, you know. I bought I bought something that I didn't need, thinking I would use it because it was you know <laughs> dopamine hit. And then a couple of days later, it's got I've forgotten about it. It's in the fridge. It's out of sight, out of mind, and I've lost it. It's so funny you say that. Um, one of my most so I'm on TikTok. Quick plug: ADHD I- Coach Ryan. If you guys want to look me up, but he's rather famous on TikTok. It, and uh, one of my highest viewed videos that has 600,000 views on it is one where I start off by saying, if you have ADHD, you probably have rotting food in your fridge. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. And I've it's just, and it's so funny. So that is a thing. So making sure if we're going to get something that we find a way to actually use it. And my tip in that video was get it in a spot where you can see it. Because yeah. a lot of times, like, we'll put it in a drawer or whatever. And it's like, if it's not in front of us, it may as well not exist. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, when I was at, at university, the way I'd combat that is I would do my shopping for, like, dinner for that day. Yeah. So so on the way home, I would pick up my stuff for dinner. And then you have what you need for that night. And so it's it. like real time. Real time. But that, that. that's not practical for most people. Yeah, I, I, no. I understand that. But hey, the what I always tell my clients, and I'll say to you too, is like, doing it in a way that works for you. Mm. So if that's how, if someone needs to do it that way to constrict what they're going to buy, then hey, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
another another thing that I've heard a lot of people doing is these like Gusto or HelloFresh meal boxes. I was just thinking that as as we were talking about that, yeah. Um, and they've been quite good for some of my friends who have struggled. Um, and some of my friends who don't even have ADHD have really enjoyed them because it takes the hassle out of going to the supermarket right. and buying. I mean, it's not for everyone. I, I wouldn't do it because I love, like I said, I like going to the supermarket and being inspired by stuff and then cooking it. But I, And I think it's that's one of those things that if a client of mine brought that up to me, I would talk about like the need versus want, but mm. also the value of time. So if the time that they would go to the market would be time that they could spend with their family, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe you think about doing it. And and adding on to that ADHD tech debt part is, I I often I often hear I wonder if you hear it from your clients is people who like struggle to even go to the supermarket to get stuff. So the executive function to go and buy stuff, and then they're forced to like either not eat well or order in because delivery and Uber Eats is so easy. One hundred percent. That is a huge problem. Uh, there's a phrase that I use that is we often get stopped by the start. Mm. So even that that thought of like I must go to the supermarket to get some. It's like no, nope, no, nope, not that's doing a big it. hurdle that you don't want yeah. to get over. Like just getting over that small hump at the beginning. Start, yeah. And so I would say I've never really thought this through, but I would say if I do advise someone on that, I would say try to do something I refer to as habit stacking, where I would attach going to the store like for example my wife she's super efficient she's neurotypical but she'll do it on her lunch break at work yeah so she just like picks a day and does it then and then when she gets home from work we have a four and a two-year-old so we're just you know getting the child labor started early so they help us unload stuff nice um but it's all (laughs) part it's all part of the routine um, as opposed to if we needed to do it in the evening time or on the weekends, that might be tough on cut into family time. So yeah, if, if somebody does struggle with that, maybe you stop on your way home from work or your way back from, you know, going to see family or friends or something like that. When are you going to send your four-year-old to do the shopping to, <laughs> it's, it, and bring soon, it back and put it away? As, yeah, as soon as Uber can do that. <laughs> that's a good point. I'll and st- cook start dinner thinking about that. and then right. tidy up dinner. Oh, well, great. I am uh, on that front. I am. I'm letting him use his toy lawnmower, like walk next to me as I use mine. So I'm just waiting for him to get to like the safe height where he can, I'm like, all right, here you go. (laughs) Training, training the gardener. It's all training. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Practical tips for, for stopping, for, I think for the spending too much in supermarkets, what I list a timer, anything else that pops to your mind? Yeah. And I have not had the privilege not yet, but I will someday of being in the UK. So I haven't seen the setup of grocery stores there. But I know in the US, the most of the uh, mandatory items are around the edges, the outside edges. Is that and to then, force people to spend more time in the, in the supermarket? Correct. So and as you kind of like weave in and out of the middle lanes, it's like, oh, look yeah. at this fancy like marketing end cap thing. Um, the grocery store is the highest marketed industry like that's where the most impulse purchases happen and you sort of don't notice because it's not a huge amount of money but it creeps up on you a little bit so anyway i would say the tip would be stick to a list maybe a timer and the outside edges you'll notice like well wait a minute that is where all of the essentials are i think in the uk supermarkets are probably smaller given there's a lot less land right right um yeah yeah, I'm trying to think of other stuff. Maybe even um, 
if if it's not a physical timer, like telling you um, going to the supermarket before you need to do something. So yeah, so that like, way you have like an automatic deadline. Exactly, that's a that's a great idea. As long as you don't have something that's if you're going to be gone for a long time, making sure it wouldn't spoil in your car. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. But yeah. good idea though. Um, and practical tip for the spending on Deliveroo or Uber Eats. Yep. So for budgeting, and I understand with things being automated and you could do a lot through your smartphone, it's a little bit more challenging. But what I encourage my clients to do is to actually separate things within your bank account. Yeah. And so you can associate, like you could take, you know, like an automatic deposit from your income, have that get moved automatically to savings. And then you have to choose an amount that gets like moved from savings to like a checking or, or like a spend account. And it could be for groceries, let's say. And so that way you have a limit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that would be kind of my idea there. So or, you're saying add friction. Yeah, add per, friction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other idea that Dave Ramsey talks about is if you have to physically go to a store, like for example, going to the grocery, you could actually do it with physical money, which seems like, oh my gosh, that's so much work. What's but if physical you, money, right? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> but it's like if you have to actually trade your money for the goods, you feel it a lot more than if you just swipe. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that. In London at the moment, there's a big resurgence of these startups, kind of similar to Liveroo, but specifically for groceries. Hmm. And they'll do groceries to your door in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, and it's at, it's a bit cheaper than than like gross going and collecting groceries at the moment. But but similar to like Uber was cheaper than cabs in, in New mm -hmm. York, but now they're a lot more expensive. So... Um, that's an interesting one for you guys to check out. Um, Gorillas is one of them. Getir is another one. Um, there was one other which I forgot the name of. But that's that, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've used it a couple of times. It's it's quite good. There's been a couple of times where it's been rainy and I, I haven't wanted to walk the five minutes to the nearest supermarket. Mm, I, can, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's change it up. Talk to me about the need and the want thing. So... Let's use think... music as an example. Mm -hmm. So so emotionally, I love music, very mm -hmm. attached to it. And my Spotify subscription is like, is always top priority for me. Mm -hmm. But I, I know that's an emotional response. And actually, I would survive. I would survive without it. It's hard it. for you to admit, but you but you. I would survive without it. I wouldn't be happy, yeah. but I yeah. would survive. So... I feel like I'm going to touch a nerve here on Go this on. one with you. Um, but no, I would say in this case, it's like, well, maybe let's let's talk about, um, we don't really have to, but I would say, like, let's talk about which tracks or which artists or which genres do you listen to at what times. And like, I, you're way more into music than I am. But for me, like, there's a, you know, a handful of genres of music that i like yeah. and a handful of like bands and artists and stuff and then because of my adhd i, I strongly prefer um more instrumental music mm -hmm. because it's distracting for me if it's got lyrics so what i would suggest to someone who's really into a music subscription is like okay well what if we could purchase the music like a one-time purchase hmm. download like let's call it i don't know a hundred songs or five artists or something like that and then 
save some money by not having the subscription in the long term yeah and then so like each month you're saving whatever you would have spent like so like you pay up front yeah for yeah. the music you can listen to that forever and then maybe with the money you save you start shaving off a little bit of that each month until you can buy another album digitally so then you can still keep adding on but then at some mm. point you could be like hey i've got all the music i need and if i want to get another one um or sorry all the music i want and then if I want to get another one, now you're going to have way more disposable income. And in yeah. the meantime, the money that would have been spent on a subscription every month could be going towards paying off a debt and how much better it would feel. And I'm not, I don't know if you have debt or not. That's not important. The point is you could use the money in other ways yeah. that could potentially be more beneficial. So that'd be like the need versus want, I guess. So be, be rational. Try to Try to be rational is what you're trying to say. And just, yeah, I, th I think talking it out or writing it out or looking at like if you do have if people have money like debts to pay off thinking about how how good it would feel to not have the pressure of the debt always yeah. like coming behind you um and the other thing too is just you talked earlier about like eyes bigger than stomach mm -hmm. and it makes me think either about like music or for me it'd be audiobooks or books yeah yeah it's like we always have this way of convincing ourselves like, oh, I'm totally going to use yeah. that thing. Well, I'm looking over at my bookshelf with all of these books that are like pristine because they haven't been opened. Opened, yeah. That like when I bought them, I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to read this. Well, I have an awesome book collection. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great, I'm sure. Yeah. I have, uh, I have like 2,500 songs on my Spotify. So that's that's quite expensive. It's interesting. It's interesting. I know it's emotional, and I I can rationalize it, but it would be like the last one of the last things I was not. Well, sure. For. And then like again, if if that was something that a client brought to me, and if they were adamant that like, hey, my music is super important to me. Like I have twenty five hundred songs. I would not feel good about getting rid of all those. Yeah. Okay. Then I would just say no problem. Like you got to do what's best for you what else could we get rid of? Yeah, and then yeah, we would yeah. start looking at other things that's like, all right, like some people might be like, yeah, get rid of the music, no problem. But if that's not a thing for you or whoever it would be, then let's look at something else that might be, that there's less of an emotional connection to. No problem. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's a fantastic place to end it. Thank you so much, Ryan. Really, really great having you on. You're welcome. And and if I may, Herrick, could I just tell your listeners about something I have coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Well, first off, uh, if people want to learn more about me, they can go to my website, which is ryanmayercoaching.com. And my last name is spelled M-A-Y-E-R, like John Mayer, the guitarist. No, <laughs> we're not related. Um, and you can look me up on a lot of the socials, um, ADHD, Coach Ryan. And then what I wanted to offer to all the stimuli users is I do have... The reason I was so passionate about talking about debt for ADHDers, or what I call ADHD debt, um, is I actually have a webinar coming up uh, this Friday. Uh, no, I should say one week from today, uh, November 12, 2021. Even if they can't make it um, for the recording, for that live presentation, it's going to be recorded. But it's going to be these tips I've been talking about, and there's going to be other... Um, like downloadable materials that they can get. And I want to offer, it's only $15 US and I'm going to give all of you a 20% off 
uh, any stimuli user. So you can use discount code STIMULI20 um, to get that. So it would only only be really $12 US. So I'm not, it's not about the money for me, like making money. It's about just helping other ADHDers to empower them with the tools to to defeat ADHD death, as I like to say. <laughs> Fantastic. And all of that information will be in, in the description. So Ryan's, Ryan's TikTok, Ryan's website, and, and that, that webinar. So thank you very much. Thanks again for having me here. This was a lot of fun. Anytime. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Really means a lot to us. And if there's any questions or topics you want us to cover in the future, feel free to get in touch. Stimuli at stimuli underscore ADHD. We've already had some amazing top suggestions for the future from you and we'll be covering them soon. Stay well, stay safe. <laughs>